Well, good morning, Seven Mile Road. My name is Terrence Campbell, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the church planting residents here at Seven Mile, and I am so glad to be here with you today. One of the great joys of my life is I enjoy putting together to-do lists. I love the, the feeling and the excitement that I get as I check things off of my list. Have you ever been at work and preparing for uh, getting ready to go on vacation? So needing to get all of the things off of your to-do list. Well, I have that experience regularly because I am a to-do list kind of guy. The problem that I often run into, though, is that when I get interrupted, when my to-do list is disturbed, I become frustrated, I become annoyed, aggravated, and at times I've been amazed at the kind of attitude, nasty attitude that I could have when I am interrupted. You know, over the last few weeks, we've been talking through the idea of what do we do in life as we are interrupted and how Jesus, by his grace and mercy, shows us how to respond in the midst of interruption. If you've been anything like me, you have been truly interrupted. Your life has been upended as a result of the coronavirus. We find ourselves spending more time with family than we anticipated. We find ourselves sitting, staring at a computer screen longer than we anticipated. And really, our very weeks are filled with interruptions. As Juan shared with us last week, interruptions oftentimes reveal the idols of our hearts. And I want to confess before you today that one of the idols that I have harbored in my heart that has been revealed in the midst of interruptions is how special and valuable I consider my time to be. Now, I'm not saying that I shouldn't value my time or that you shouldn't value your time, but I'm saying that we should not over appraise the value of our time to the extent to where we're more focused on projects rather than we are on people. I like the way Henry Nowen once said it. He said, my whole life I have been complaining that my work was constantly interrupted until I discovered that my interruptions were my work. Today, I want the word of God to peer down into our hearts and, and to cast light on those deep, dark shadows of, of where we've harbored and held on to our time to the extent to where we will not allow God to interrupt us. But I believe what the scripture will reveal to us today is that Jesus lets us know that interruptions are an opportunity to be instructed. Our scripture this morning comes from Mark chapter 10. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. I want to read a few verses for you. It says this in verse 13. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. 
Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. A little bit of context for our scripture. Jesus is now just finishing up a sermon that he had preached. And it was a very hard topic that he was he was dealing with. And after he got done, we don't know how long the sermon was. If he's in, if he was anything like me, maybe his sermon was really long. I can be <laughs> long winded sometimes, but um, we don't know how long it took Jesus to travel or all that he had going on throughout the course of his day. But I imagine that he had a long day, sort of like what many of us have been encountering. Our days are long, full of interruptions. Our to-do list are lacking. We have to move some other task over to the next day. We are exhausted only to add another thing. And this other thing that was added to his plate was that families wanted to bring their children to Jesus. I believe that's a beautiful uh, illustration of how parents, as we parent our children, what we should do. We should be, have a conviction to bring our children to Jesus. Every week, the team here at Seven Mile Road, we put together videos to make sure that our children, even in the midst of these uncertain times, can still be discipled. Why? Because we believe in the conviction of bringing our children to Jesus. The Bible teaches us that we should train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart. So these people were bringing their children to Jesus. I'm always enamored when I have the privilege of witnessing when parents bring their children to the Lord and want to say, God, I need your help. Because truly, one of the most Complex and difficult things to do, especially in this season of many interruptions, is to bring our children to Jesus. And Jesus saw his disciples do something that was inconsistent with his heart. Jesus noticed that his disciples began to rebuke the people and say, hey, don't bring your children to Jesus. Jesus has had a long day. He's traveled many distances. He's laid hands on many sick people. He pre he's preached several sermons. He's tired. Give the master a break. Now, I don't know what the disciples, what their reason was for rebuking them and trying to keep them from bringing their children to Jesus. But I, I can kind of get a little bit of a uh, use my imagination a minute because the, the reality is that I don't like to be interrupted. Maybe you're something like me where you don't like to be disturbed, that you want your day to go just as you planned. But as Michael shared with us a few weeks back, that interruptions oftentimes reveal the content of our heart. Interruptions oftentimes reveal who we really are. And no different. The disciples, the heart of the disciples was revealed. Because of this interruption. And Jesus, as a loving father, as a loving um, um, God, as a loving savior, 
says to his disciples, don't prevent the children from coming to me. You see, I noticed that in the midst of discipleship, being in close proximity, being in close quarters, that I find that we get to discover areas where we can get better, areas where our hearts do not reflect the heart of the father. You see, Jesus notices his disciples rebuking them from bringing their children to Jesus. And and Jesus says, listen, don't do that. And Jesus seizes the moment to teach his disciples something. You see, I found that you can learn things about God by reading his word. But I found that we become more like him the more we commit to spending time with him. Because it is in his presence that he begins to reveal who we are and the issues and the challenges that we all deal with. And so we if I could give a big idea today of of what we are talking about today, I would say this, that our big idea is that Jesus uses moments of interruptions. As opportunities for instruction, so he's about to take this experience And teach his disciples something about his heart. You see, because all of us, we are learners. We are disciples of Jesus. In other words, we want to learn and grow and become more like him day by day. So Jesus uses this moment to say, hey, guys, I want to show you something about the kingdom. And this is what we find here. Jesus is underscoring and he is allowing to be revealed the heart. And I'm going to use as the human condition that I believe that one of the things that Jesus is addressing here is our over appraisal of our self worth, our over 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 appraisal of our time and how important we think our time is that our projects are more important than people. Some time ago, I was in a church setting and there was a little boy that had a can of soda in his hand. And I had asked the young man not to drink the soda in the sanctuary. And the young man had the soda in his hand. He walked out and I resumed my conversation with a visiting couple. And a few minutes later, I saw the young man holding the soda can, standing in the sanctuary again. And without even thinking about it, I lashed out and yelled at this young man and told him, didn't I tell you, don't come in here with your soda. And I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed by the contents of my heart, because what I found is that interruptions oftentimes will reveal idols in our hearts. And but Jesus, as a loving savior, spent time at teaching me things through that experience, because interruptions are opportunities for instruction. You see, I'm a, I'm a lover of growth uh, and the name of our church is Growing Faith. We have a nonprofit organization called Grow Life Family Services. And and I have a little consulting business called On Growing Business Solutions. 
So it's no question that I love the idea of maturation. I love the idea of growth. And I believe that that the scriptures support the idea that we should be in a growing, ongoing relationship with Jesus. But for the one of the first times that I've seen in scripture, God encourages us to actually be children. Yes, we are being encouraged by Jesus to be like children. Jesus is about to use children to teach us about the kingdom. When you think about being a child, I want to direct your attention to the fact that children oftentimes come with more questions than answers. Children will come and be unapologetically dependent. I believe that children will allow us to see that that we should be more like them. I would even venture to say if I was going to title this message, I would say, hey, time to be more like children. Right. Because when we think about being a child, we can learn so much from them. We can learn so much about what it means to be like a child. So one of the things that we find here that that I believe that's clear in the scripture is this. It says this. Jesus says, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them for such belongs to the kingdom of God. And then Jesus goes on to say in verse 15, truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter in. One of the first things that I want to identify today as we ponder through the thought of what does it look like to be like a child? Now, we are not being told to be children because we are encouraged in the scriptures to mature, but we're encouraged to be like children. In what ways should we be like children? In what ways can we learn more about the father? And here's the first thing that I want to call our attention to. Allow the father to lead. Jesus says that if we don't become like children, we cannot enter into the kingdom. So then what we're finding today is what we're saying is, hey, allow the father to lead. It's almost the imagery that I have in my mind is that as a little child to take my father's hand and allow him to lead me to where we're going. So often as adults, we think we know the way we think we we know where to go, that we have this idea all together. Have you ever had uh, gotten directions with the GPS and the GPS was going to take you in a way that you thought was a took longer to go to. Right. It's, It's like the GPS is trying to take you around this way. And you're like, man, I know a quick around. I'm going to go this way. And there have been many times that I've stepped out on my own thinking and my own understanding and decided I'm going to dismiss the directions of the GPS and go my own way, only to find later that my way was delayed. And I believe I'm convinced, family, of this one very important truth, that we must be willing to allow the father to lead us. You see, because he knows the way where he knows how to get to the place where he wants us to go. 
We are prone to stray in our wildly hearts. We are prone to drift. But because the father knows the way in order for us to be like children, we have to allow the father to lead us. See, there were uh, I read a book recently that talked about how you should you should get Sherpas in order to help you to scale uh, this this giant mountain. I, I forget the name of this mountain. It's the tallest mountain in the world. Oh, is it Mount Everest? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, when you when you have people who say their aspiration is to scale this mountain, they, they will en- enlist the help of individuals who have scaled this mountain many times. And what they found is that the survival rate of someone who gets a Sherpa in order to scale this mountain increases dramatically. Why? Because they are following someone. Who's been there? And all I'm saying today is that in order for us to be like children, we must allow the father to lead. There's a quote that says, how do you know that you're on the road to success? It's uphill all the way. You see, the the life that we live and, and the journey that we're on is not an easy road. It's not just laid out and and uh, a pastor, a deceased pastor of mine used to always say uh, is life is not tiptoeing through the tulips. No, there are challenges and trials that we experience. There's something that Jesus said in Matthew, chapter seven, verses 13 and 14 that I love. He says, enter by the narrow gate. How do I enter the narrow gate, Jesus? Well, you have to be led there. And this is why I'm saying allow the father to lead. He will lead us to the narrow gate. He says this for the gate is wide and easy is the way that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. But notice verse 14. It says this for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it. Are few. You see, God won't always lead us the way that makes sense or that's easy. But we say, God, today we trust that you know the best way that we should go. You see, there is a way that seems right to a man. Proverbs 12 and 14 and 12 says there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end is the way of destruction. But notice what it says in Psalm 18, verse 30. It says, but this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. You see, we we must admit today that we we are like little children. We, we don't know the way we don't even have any idea, no sense of direction. We just have no idea. But we need the, the, the help of the father. Next thing I want us to direct our attention to is that in order for us to be like little children, we should adhere to the father's word. You see, the scripture says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, when Jesus, when Jesus speaks, when the word of God is going forth, we have a responsibility to respond 
and not to reject it, but to receive it, to adhere to his word. My niece was talking to my brother some time ago and and my brother told my niece something. He said, we are going to Disney World. And my niece got excited. She was thrilled and when, when he told her they were going to Disney World, what she began to do is share with all of the family that she was going to Disney World. She didn't have all the facts. She didn't have all the details. She didn't have an idea of how much it cost or any of that. She only knew that her father said, we are going to Disney World. And that came to pass. How much more should we adhere to our heavenly father that sometimes he says things that we don't quite agree with or sometimes he speaks and we don't quite understand. But you know what? Our conviction today, family, should be that we will adhere to the word of God. Jesus was approached by a man whose son was sick. And the man implored Jesus, Jesus, come with me and lay your hands on my son that he may recover. And Jesus told the man very simply, go your way. Your son has been made whole. And the scripture says without any evidence, without any proof, without any sense realm conviction, the man took Jesus at his word only to find later on his journey. That someone approached him and said, your son is recovering. And the man said, about what time was it that he started to recover? And they said, about this time. And the man knew that it was at that very moment that Jesus had spoke and said, your son shall recover. So often in the midst of all that we have going on, there are distractions and and things that are coming our way to, to, to really cause us to wonder whether or not we can really hear God's word. But I want to encourage us today that in the midst of interruptions, God gives us an opportunity for instruction. Perhaps you are in the place of where you've been interrupted, that that things aren't quite going the way you would expect But I want to encourage you today that allow the experience to reveal what does God want to use to shape me, to mold me, to make me to look more like him. We're talking about today becoming more like children. And the first thing we found is that we must allow the father to lead. And secondly, we're finding that today we should adhere to the Father's word. And finally, our last thought today is accept the Father's love. One of the things that when I think about all that Jesus has revealed to me as a result of interruptions, all of my misfires and misdeeds and and the reality that I I feel like I know better. God, I'm going to go this way, even though you say go this way. God, I feel like I know the right way. At times I feel like I I can't quite hold on to the word of God because of the distractions of life. You know what I find? I come to the end of myself. I find that I simply cannot do this 
on my own. As, as much as I try, as hard as I try, I still find myself falling short, much like the disciples, where I think that I'm doing the right thing only to find that Jesus says, no, 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 you got it wrong. Allow the children to come to me. And I wonder what did the, did the disciples think? Did they feel bad or did they feel a sense of, uh, of conviction? Perhaps they felt a sense of gratitude. Lord, thank you for correcting me. Because I want to encourage us today to, to accept the Father's love. There was a scripture that really just, just filled my heart with sadness that we heard just not too long ago about the rich young ruler. How this man had great possessions. And Jesus opened his arms wide and said, listen, I want you to come to me. In Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly and, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But I'm saddened that so many people reject the invitation. Just like the rich young ruler. The scripture says that the man could not release what he had in his hands so that he could receive what Jesus had in his. The one who possessed everything. The man walked away sad because he had great possessions. Today, I want to invite those of us who may not be Jesus followers, may not identify as being a Christian to receive the finished work of Jesus. The Bible teaches that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm inviting you today to accept the father's love, that when we accept the father's love, we we adapt the father's ways. You see, when the word receive is shared, the idea comes of grace. And grace is that that we receive it even though we don't deserve it. It's a free gift. It's free. The love of God that's in Christ Jesus is free. And the same way that the scripture says in Mark chapter 10, verse 16, and he took them in his arms, speaking of Jesus, and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Jesus arms were open to this welcomed distraction, this welcomed interruption. And he embraced these children and he loved them and he blessed them. And that's not just for then. That is today. Jesus's arms are still open, inviting you to come. And as children, we can come and fall into the arms of our dad. 
and all the safety, all the relief, all the the encouragement that we can feel after we have worked and tried to stride and do all of this in and of our own strength. How beautiful is it to just fall into the arms of a loving Savior and receive his love? I am taken and stricken by the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. And it was Bob Goff that said, loving people the way Jesus did means living a life of constant interruptions. Would you, would you allow God's agenda to interrupt your own agenda? Would you allow the interruptions of your life for God to use them as an opportunity to instruct you areas of your heart where you're a little bit out of alignment with the heart of God. What's your next step of obedience today as a disciple of Jesus? What is that next thing he wants to do in you? Well, I want you to know you can be assured that whatever it is, the father is there ready to lead the way. And as he leads the way, it's important for us to understand, to adapt and to accept his word and to receive his love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've been given to be students of your word, to be enriched and encouraged by your love and grace. And Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that, Lord, that we would be people that are interruptible. That we would permit and allow you, Lord, to interrupt our agendas, to interrupt our checklist. Lord, that you would elevate people as our priority. God, the people in our families, the people God, in our communities, God, people who you've called us to who are far from you, thank you for using us to advance your kingdom, to expand your grace and love throughout the earth. Lord Jesus, we invite you to have your way in us today. In Jesus' name, amen.